Welcome all to Yisro 5783. Today's class will go deep into healthy relationships. Derech Eretz Kadma Latora. We have the Sarah Sedibros here, but we also have three stories before the Sarah Sedibros, which constitute the foundation upon which Torah has to be built. So dedications. For Hannah Bas Bruria, Gavriel Nassan Ben Fega Gittel, Rochi Fried's father's, whose yard site was to Monday, I think, Tuesday, Mordechai Ari Ben Razel, Varda Gewertz for Akar Satov to Hashem for her new granddaughter, and Rafur Shlema for the Yoledet, Esti Zafir, Lili Nishmas, Leah Bas Tzvi, and Zimla Bat Shmuel Tzvi. Judy Namatli Eloi Nishmas, her father, Yisrael Mordechai Ben Eliezer Halevi, whose yard site is today. Rifki Young writes, thank you to Hashem and her for Shlema Bekarov for Godel Yehuda Ben Rosel and all of Chole Yisrael. For the untimely passing of Henya Fetterman, the Chabad Shalich in the Virgin Islands, who died trying to save her baby girl. She leaves a husband, parents, and 12 children. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Not easy. All right, everyone. So what we're going to do today as we explore healthy relationships, one really can't um, thrive, even with all the Torah's mitzvahs and all the musr and all the learning, if somebody just isn't operating correctly, if they are getting, if they have complicated day-to-day -day personal interactions in all their relationships, everything's complicated. It's hard to grow. Healthy relationships, parental, parent-children, marriage, friendships, they are sort of like the platform or the stage upon which a person can then, you know, go out there and do their best. But if they come home to strife and complications and all sorts of emotional frustrations and up and downs. This doesn't work so well. So the question is, what do you do? You know, we don't say, well, we're not stoics, which I think we mentioned. People say, you know what? Things that can ruin your life, the attachments that can be complicated and cause you suffering and, 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 and grief. So just don't engage in them. Just disconnect, be detached. Don't have relationships. We don't go that way, okay? We, we of course, have relationships, but we want to get them right. So if you look at the, the Parsha, this is an insight of the Baal Akedah. Arishon, Rav Yitzchak Arama, who wrote that Akedah's Yitzchak. And my father-in-law taught this to me. It should also be Yitzchak. Look at the three stories that precede the Aseres Hadibros. They are not just what happened before the Aseres Hadibros. Remember, Moshe is writing the Torah. Remember the backstory? And as she's writing with Hashem's divine influence, Hashem's, so to speak, dictation, saying this is what they need to know before they accept the Torah. They, so we talked about in Sefer Bracious how we got here, who we are, what our message is. But we're also learning th the Torah specifying three stories, okay, that we need to learn about before we can accept the Torah. So the first story is the story of 
Yisro coming with Tzipora and the two children, okay, Gershon and Eliezer, and they bringing those, the family, back to Moshe. So without going into it too deeply, the first story is about the reunion of Moshe with his family. Now his wife and children are back with him. He was he was doing this alone. His kids were, his family was waiting in Midian for good reason. Why should they go into Mitzrayim, go through all the stress and the whole thing, let them wait in Midian. And he'll, when, you know, when the Jews are out, he'll collect them, which is exactly what happened. All right, we're being very brief about it, but it's very important to note that the first story is Moshe reuniting with his closest of kin, his wife and children. Okay. And then, of course, there's so much more when they talk about what happened and Moshe asks Yisro to stay with them and all of that. Okay, next story, which starts on Pasuk Yud Gimel, Vayhimi Macharas, and then it was the next day. Vayeshev Moshe Lishpores Ha'am, and he, Moshe sat down like he must have done every single day to adjudicate all the little disagreements that everybody was having with each other. Vayamot Hamal Moshe Min Haboker Vada and they're standing there, this huge line from morning till night. Everybody's waiting their chance to see Moshe. What happens next? You know the story. Yisro said, this isn't a good idea. This doesn't work. There's a way better way to do this. So what did Yisro suggest? A whole staggered system of tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands and a very efficient, organized a functional system to make sure that everybody's cases are heard quickly and uh, and they don't have to wait online all day. And basically, what's the goal of this? Not just to take the burden off Moshe, obviously, but the goal is that everybody who's waiting online for 10 hours can get their case heard and go back home and, and like get on, you know, and then sometimes they probably waited for days if the line was so long. So the goal here is to make an efficient system where people's interactions with their neighbors, generally, and their friends, right, um, can be can be sorted out. So there's not all this friction and, and conflict going on all the time with everybody. Okay. So it's it's teaching, uh, it's you know, dealing with the needs of a, um, a community that has to live together and work together. And everybody has their own, you know point of view and interest and everybody has to compromise and get along and make, you know, and so it's helping people's relationships with each other. Okay, what's the third thing that happens, right? After this is all set up, um, the next thing, B'chodesh HaShlishi, Pasuk 19, that when they came out of Mitzrayim, they came to Harsinai, and Ashmoshe goes into a state of Nevuah, and he says to Moshe, okay, this, this is the big event, and he says to Moshe that um, I want you to make, uh, to basically, you're going to present my offer to the people. My offer is that uh, they can be, if, now that they know me more than any other nation understands or knows me, they can accept, they can commit to live in sync with the purpose of the world, the design of the world, they can be mamlechet kohanim v'goi kadosh. They can be an entire kingdom of priests. Priests were always the teachers, the ones that helped everybody else be connected to God. 
They can be a separate unique nation that plays the role as spiritual leaders for the rest of the world, okay? Ask them if they want to. And of course, Moshe goes down and offers this to the people. And of course, the people say, Nase. And then you get, then Moshe says, okay, I'm very brief. You're going to have to go through this period, the three days of separation, introspection, self-purification, meditation. You're getting ready to accept the Torah. And then after that, we get the Torah. So we have three stories. One is about family relationships, making it cohesive, reuniting a family. The second one is working with the community, working with everybody else, keeping the community functioning well. And the third one is personal, you know, private self-development and self-introspection in preparation for, you know, re reaching a much higher level in our relationship to God. All this is summed up in a pasuk in Micha, in Micha Perek Vav Pasuk Ches. Higid lecha Adam. Now we're not Jews yet, so it's Adam. Higid lecha Adam Matov. Uma Hashem Doresh Mimach. He has told you, Adam, human being, what is Tov? What's the definition of Tov? Purposeful and functional and permanent, right? He has told you people what is Tov? What is the functional, permanent, the right way? Uma Hashem Doresh Mimachem, what Hashem is seeking from you? What does God want? What is good? What is the right way to live? And what does God want from you? It's been told to you. Three things. Piyim. Asos Mishpat, do justice. Va'avas Chesed and love Chesed. And walk with being it's a niut with privacy with your God. Three relationships: do justice, love chesed, and walk privately with God. So, tell me about the three relationships before Kabbalah Satora. Yisro reuniting the family would be. The second one, okay, we'll talk about the order. Avas chesed, love chesed, we'll get to that. The second thing, making a court system, asos mishpat. And the third thing, taking three days to introspect and be mindful and prepare would be privately on your own. Everybody, had a, husbands and wife had to separate everybody to go into their own sort of separate meditative, private space to prepare okay there are three relationships that govern our lives one is called ben adam la'atzmo between me and myself which is really the same as saying ben adam lamakum because i in relationship to god is very private the reason that no one can read our thoughts and the reason that nobody can know our kavanas and the reason that nobody could see our how we really in the in our heart of hearts are are relating to our our identity as part of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, the reason that's all private is because it's meant to be private. Okay, the next relationship is called Ben Adam le Mishpachto. It's different. Me and my closest of kin. It's a different relationship between my family. And the third one is Ben Adam La 
Havero, the man and their friend. And each one is governed by a very simple rule. Between man and his family, it's, it's called Avas Chesed. Between man and his friends, the rest of the community, it's called Asos Mishpat. And between man and themselves and our relationship to God and our inner world, it's called Hatsnei Aleches and Hashem Elokech. Let's now dive into each of them. Let's start with the order of the Parsha. The order of the Parsha follows exactly the order of the Avos. First of Rome was Chesed, Yitzchak was Din, Mishpat, and Yaakov we're going to see was the, which is relates to the third one. So let's go back. What is Avas Chesed? Do you notice the difference between Avas Chesed and Asos Mishpat? What's the difference? Ava is more of a natural form of expression, love, where Asos Mishpat is behavior. Okay. Let's go back to Chesed and Mishpat. Okay. Perhaps you remember. What is the definition of Chesed? Let's start answering that question or analyzing that question by asking a different question. How many people does it require to do chesed? Yeah, how, what is chesed? All right. So in order to answer this question, in chesed, chesed requires, this is a paradigm shift. I actually taught it today. It's unit 10 of the course. Chesed does not require another person. It is not an interaction with another person at all. Let's delve into it. Rambam in the very end of Mornavuchim 354 says, Chesed is abundance and overflow. Think about the Pasuk in Tehillim in chapter 89, Pasuk 3, that says, Olam Chesed Yibane. As it is often misinterpreted, okay, wrongly, it does not mean Hashem conducts the world with chesed. There's nothing in that that means Hashem conducts the world with chesed. Let's do the words. Olam, the world, chesed, abundance and overflow. Yibane. Yibane is future. The world will be built from a primary force called chesed. Meaning, think about the mother and the unborn child. The mother has enough space and expansiveness within her to make, to allow another, or to allow creation, to allow her baby to exist, to grow and live and thrive within her existence. And she overflows. There is enough of the mother's life force and abundance that it overflows. And the baby benefits from it. Chesed is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Endless, godless, which means which means self ex, uh, expression, which is infinite, expansive, that overflows and translates itself into the creation of everybody and everything. Really, Chesed is simply understood when, it, and in terms of ourselves, when we emulate Hashem's Chesed, making ourselves bigger, being inclusive generous of spirit, 
expansive so that everybody else is is invited and is allowed to and by definition is welcome to live off the overflow of who we are so we don't do for another person we be ourselves generously and everybody who crosses our path is lucky because they derive benefit so so that means if chesed is not doing something for someone else, if chesed is like Hashem expanding yourself or the mother's expanding herself to make space for the baby and overflowing. Remember, the mother doesn't take a spoon and, oh, it's feeding time and dig a hole through her abdomen and feed the baby. She eats. And because the baby's part of her, the baby gets its nutrients because it's existing in her overflow. So what that means in terms of our emulating Hashem and Avraham and what, what we're going to talk about, Avas Chesed, Chesed is not about doing something for someone else. It might look like that three steps later, but the basis of Chesed is expanding oneself so that others can benefit more from them. So for example, here's a little equation. If I make myself more blank, Everybody who I ever interact with for the rest of my life will benefit from my greater blank. So fill in the blanks. What's one word? If I make myself more happy, everyone I ever meet for the rest of my life will benefit from the fact that I'm happy. I'm a happier person. Give me another word. Generous, another word. Giving, kind, no? Caring. What else? Patient. Accepting. Accepting. Patient. Loving. Loving. Wise. How trusting. About trusting. Energetic. Maybe if I learn how to cook better, everybody else will benefit from it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Be basically, one second, Ilana. Let me ask you a question. What is a bigger chesed? Driving a hundred people to the doctor or making yourself more patient? Obviously, the greater chesed, this greater true act of chesed is making yourself by learning <laughs> and internalizing and working on yourself and setting goals, a more patient person, because then the person you drove to the doctor will also benefit from the patients. And so will everyone else you ever, ever talk to or react, interact with, with the rest of your life. Now, when you take someone to the doctor, that doesn't, your, that doesn't mean your kid is going to take someone to the doctor. But if you're more patient, and that affects the way you interact with everyone. There's really good chances that the people you influence also be more patient. Okay, so chesed paradigm shift is self-expansion, overflow, and abundance in a spirit of generosity. If we just indulge ourselves for our own self-interest, that is not chesed. But chesed would be Caring for ourselves, doing things that increase, first of all, ourselves spiritually, our spiritual strength, so that everyone else benefits. So here's how it translates in real life, when how it looks in real life, right? There's a very big difference when you say to a child, let's just say in the context of a parent and a child, you know, I spent an hour and a half with the whole bedtime routine, with the book and the story and the thing and the, and the back massage and the three drinks. And, and now I need time for myself, Okay. It's very different than saying we did our bedtime routine and now I need to rest a little bit so that I can be fresh and energetic 
um, for for all of you, for the kids, so that when you need me, I'll be you know available. And in, in other words, even when I do something for myself, it's in a spirit of overflow and with others in mind. Okay. So this is Chesed. Chesed. Question. My question is built into all of that. Yes. There has to be the other boundaries. No, there has to be another, because otherwise, if it's just pure Chesed for Chesed's sake. And it's just overflow, which is why I have yes, so I understand. Us. Okay, so Ilan is saying, but this is a very important aspect of chesed, huge important. Let me ask you a question. Where does the other come in? When up in the muscle of the mother with the unborn baby or the infant, is the maternal instinct to which overflows and cares for the baby, which by the way, Hashem designed physiologically. And when the baby cries, think, you know, neurons in the brain go off, which make the mother feel uncomfortable, nervous, afraid, empathetic, you know, and, and they have to do something about it. So it's really the mother that needs to get herself out of discomfort. And that's why they take care of the baby. Okay, this is, this is known. So does the baby have to earn, does it have to earn its worthiness to be cared for? Does the mother make a calculated decision whether she'll care for the baby? No. What we're saying is in chesed, the recipient, their worthiness isn't really part of the equation. It's an overflow, which explains why Avram could daven for Sodom. Because when a person includes everyone in their own self, they identify with everyone. They care about the needs of everybody. They can appreciate, understand everybody. They can sympathize with everybody because they view it as themselves. Okay then what they, what's good for them and what their values are is, is you know, they're going to share it. And the worthiness of the recipient is actually not much part of the equation. No, but there's no meaningfulness in chesed without it being bestowed onto something Okay, else. so that that is, um, so even if a person... Yes, the thing is that with chesed, the meaningfulness of chesed is you don't have to consciously bestow it on anyone. By the fact that you are you and you live among people, everyone's going to benefit. It is, But it's not a consciousness to do for others. It's not what chesed is. Now, later, now three steps later, that sort of person is going to be very generous and do a lot for others. Why? Because they see others as part of themselves. Because... Israel just ran to Turkey. Why? Because in the psyche of Amishol, from the DNA of our avos and imahos, we view other people's needs as our own. We include them in our sphere of concern. If they're suffering, we are not comfortable. So we, to get out of this place of, of city, feeling horrible that we're just sitting here and other people are suffering, we run to help so we could do something. There really is a sense of identification, but also a sense of inclusivity. They're included in my sense of self. When I say Ani, the Shem Rav Shemenshkop writes in his introduction to his book, when I say Ani, okay, really we talk about growing our Ani. You know, when we're very young and undeveloped, when I say I, it includes me, myself, and I, three. We get a little bigger, older, we say I, it includes our family. So let's say when I say I like the heat on 78. So I'm putting it on 78, even though my child 
who, by the way, has Crohn's, and by the way, they sweat all the time. I don't know if you know, it's very interesting, can't handle it, but I want it on 78. That's a very small ani. But when I say, what do I want the heat on? Well, considering this and that and his, he, this and that, I guess I want the heat on something that everybody's comfortable. So my I is already including the family. Growing it larger, my ani includes my community, the bigger picture. And growing it even larger, my ani includes the whole world, all of creation, everybody on earth, that's Avraham, and all of nature and the environment. My, when I say what I want or what I care about or what I want to do, it's already taking all of that into consideration. It's called growing our ani. But really it's the emphasis of, the, of chesed is the overflow and it's not consciously, it's not a conscious response to someone else's need. By the way, there is a name for a conscious response to someone else's need and that's called Rachmanus, but it's not chesed. Chesed is a one person developing themselves. So regarding the family, yes, the baby's in the Rechem. That is true. And there, and that is a very true. However, the expansion of the mother, the body's expansion and overflow is the chesed. Yeah. Yes. Well, what that means, self-care. To do chesed, it's, we wouldn't say you're the recipient of your own chesed. We would say the right, the right language is that the greatest chesed one can do for the world is what we the definition of chesed, self-expansion. So when we do chesed, real chesed is overflowing ourselves. But if all we are is somebody who eats <laughs> gumballs and reads comic books, there isn't that much to overflow. So when we develop all those other qualities, there's something that's valuable that can overflow. So doing chesed, really what it means? Developing yourself. Yes. And that's what you said. Yes. The expands. The expands. And, that's the and it naturally overflows. So it's a general, it's inclusivity, it's expansion, overflow in a spirit of inclusivity. Okay. Somebody who just expands, but it's not because someone else ultimately will benefit. It is no, the overflow doesn't reach anyone, is like the, you know, they just expand. <laughs> okay yeah but chesed in the way that we thought about it so to speak is helping with expansion doing those extra kindness to people just help favor does help become a more generous giving person oh so the question is how do you become more chesedic <laughs> the, the question is what is the most efficient way to become more chesedic a do more acts of chesed or Grow yourself. Right, but doesn't doing acts of chesed grow yourself? Not That's necessarily. A lot of people do acts of chesed because they feel that number one, it's expected of them. And number two, that's in this community, Baruch Hashem, you have to, that makes you a good person. And number three, they feel guilty. And number four, they're bored and they want something meaningful to do. So they feel their life has purpose and all sorts of other reasons that people will do chesed. But that is not real chesed. So real chesed has, I mean, it's great, doesn't it? But real chesed doesn't, gro growing yourself does not come from actions that you do for other people. Growing yourself really comes from choosing. Now, 
to be okay to be wiser. Now, when you interact with people, if you're introspective and you're self-aware, every interaction with another person generally should leave us thinking, oh, I wish I was patient like them. I wish I was calm like them. I wish I was insightful like them. So interacting with people helps us want to grow ourselves. So yes, that way it could be Benny. If when we interact with people, we always say, what can I learn from them? What can I learn, right? adam. Learn from everybody. Then you could grow yourself through meeting people, which is what literature is really all about. And all the great plays by showing you, you know, scenarios and stories, you learn about yourself and you will get inspired. Yeah. Esther, can one I second. ask a question? Yeah, just one second. I'm just thinking to be yeah, that's a very good question. Beth asked a question. Gomel Chasadim Tovim. Very good. Now the straight the answer to that, the approach is when we do chesed, meaning when we be, overflow, all right, when we spend the time learning, let's say we learn how to be more patient. By definition, if we're spending the time investing in that and learning about that, we're not, you know doing you know that's we we aren't like a, a a completed um um product that's already you know overflowing in that way to other people so you can't do both you know you got to take some time to do chesed but then you're not doing you know you're not expressing that chesed only a kaddish baruch Hu can do chasadim tovim that it's beneficial on all levels in a simpler sense if you do a kindness for one person it means you're not doing it for another if you're driving this one to the doctor, you're not driving that one to the doctor. If you're giving your money to this tzedakah, you're not giving it to that tzedakah. I mean, it's just, you can't, you can't do everything. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of course, is, is complete. Yeah, what were you going to say, Leah? I wanted to ask a question. I wanted to ask if chesed is expanding yourself, which means doing a lot of self-care as well, where's the balance between self-care and selfish narcissistic behavior? Very good. So again, Self-development in a spirit and for the purpose of overflow and generosity. And you're right. There is no equation. Everybody has to have do their own self-assessment and decide when their self-care is simply self-care and it's not growing oneself. Now, of course, we're allowed to take care of ourselves, obviously. And Hashem gave us a beautiful world that we're supposed to enjoy. Of course. All right. And we're, that's really the what we're going to get to. Avas chesed in the family. And, uh, but of course, the bulk of our effort should be real self-development, okay? But of course, we're allowed to enjoy this world. And of course, you have to have some downtime and all of that stuff, okay? Now, but and we also have to be aware how culture changes in terms of what's considered normal amounts of self-care. Anyone my age knows that when we got ready for our wedding, we, uh, what did we do? Pluck our eyebrows and shave our legs? That was it? Okay. <laughs> and maybe put on makeup, but that was it. Okay, so, but, so there's, um, everything changes, right? Okay, let's talk about in a family relationship, the first story in our parsha, avas chesed, okay? Avas chesed. So when it comes to family, the normal, uh, what we strive for is a deep sense of loving the inclusivity, the feeling of the, that everybody is part of me. I care for them like I care for myself. It should not be something that is legislated. It's not a checklist. It has to be natural. It has to come with a feeling of 
love, loving inclusivity, like a mother for a child. Let's just, where their needs are my needs. In a family, their needs are my needs. Now, a family is a laboratory for life. It teaches a person how to view other people as part of themselves. We bring people into our family. Avram opened his tent on four sides, which was really, you know, saying, you're all part of my life. Everybody's welcome. Right. So, um, so the family, the first, what prior to the Torah's first foundation always must be first. It is the most important of everything is the sense of inclusivity. When a person experiences being included in someone else's life in a real way, the difference between, oh, I'm going to do chesed and invite someone for Shabbos. Oh, do you want to come for Shabbos? You know, I don't want you to be alone versus, yeah, come whatever you want. Cause like you're part of my family, whatever, whatever works for you. It's very different. So when a person experiences feeling included, they feel secure. They feel that other people care about my needs and other people feel my needs and other people are there for me. And that is the basis of any sort of secure, you know, um, you know, uh, foundation of life. Okay. Now, next, just like the baby in the womb, the, even though the baby's part of the mother, it lives in its own separate space, doesn't it? So part of a healthy, secure attachment is an awareness of boundaries. Okay, just because I'm overflowing and everybody is part of my life and I identify with everyone and they're all included in me and my overflow and they're all benefiting from it, I also need to see that they're separate people. And perhaps my overflow doesn't work for them. <laughs> okay. Perhaps, right? May they need, they have their own separate space and they have to develop themselves as individuals. And of course, not only in the womb, but later in life, the child starts saying no at two years old. And, you know, I want to take my carrot mush and pour it on my head. Okay. <laughs> and whatever else. So, um, so this idea of separate space. Now, when we get to separate space, very important, just like the child, and we all live in our own little, right? Separate, um, separate you know dimension not to mention our own separate sort of what's the word um bubble right in that bubble all right we are entitled to our own thoughts and our own process of growing our own mistakes and all that and the mistakes we make and the process we go through is not a reflection necessarily on someone else and it doesn't say anything about someone else it's everybody has their own journey okay and the main thing here is to let people have that dignity of being separate. And therefore, the language is asos mishpat. You must do justice. In other words, you don't have to, nobody has to automatically be included in your everythingness. They're allowed to have their separate space. And where they have it, okay, you have to know that they have rights, boundaries, limits that you must respect. All right. And they don't have to explain themselves to you and justify themselves to you. And you don't have to agree. They have their rights because just like you, they're their own person. And that must be respected, irregardless of how you feel about it. If you love it or you don't love it, or if you feel no, this is this, these boundaries, these black and white rules of justice guarantee that everybody has their respected domain that other people can't trespass on. And the complication of these two, or the complicated part of balancing these in a family relationship 
is often um, there's a little bit too much inclusion and overflow or a little too much separation and separate space. And when it's not balanced well, and if a person doesn't know how to balance these things, they live in various forms of what's called insecure attachment, okay? Either if there's too much inclusivity and they view everybody else as extensions of them, then those type of people, happens with parents and children, but also happens in other relationships, they expect everybody to operate as they would. They expect their kids to have the same value system. And then if there's the kids have a difference of opinion or they don't, you know, respond, the parents or the person, right, or the or the adult gets offended and insulted and hurt. And I feel rejected because you don't love me. And this is a repudiation of me. And what does it say about me? And and if you're different than me, then something's then it's you, you know. This is, a, this is all about me. And the truth is that insecure attachment, when people don't feel secure, okay, and they don't, which means they don't have the right balance and they don't give people the dignity of being their own people, separate people, they start to take everything everybody else does personally. They see everything through their lens of what does it say about me? And the four most important words that anyone could say to themselves a thousand times a day are, it's not about me. <laughs> okay, people can make the make the, you know classic example I give the secure person who lived in it who who experiences and knows what it means to be included but also being given dignity that they're a separate person right they're they're I give this example in high school the bell rings everybody grabs their knapsacks and runs out one girl's late gathering her stuff up she gets to the bus and there's all the seats are taken so the insecure person says. Oh, nobody likes me. Everybody, nobody saved me a seat. Obviously, they don't like me. Obviously, I'm the. But the secure person says, "Okay, there were no seats. Whatever. Who cares? They don't take it personally." Okay. That, so this. Yes. The words "I" and "me." I is the healthy I. Yeah. Me is the unhealthy one because it's coming to me. But sometimes, um, no, but I don't know about that. I don't know if you can be black and white about that. I think "me" is used in so many ways, but I have to think about it. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, me is used just simply like, uh, could you give it to me? You know what I mean? Like, but anyway, no. let's, um, I'm not sure. I have to, it has to be, I have to think about it. So, so now we have all these imbalances. Okay. The Torah is trying to tell you, you got to get it balanced. Okay. You have to, with your closest of kin, of course, have a spirit inclusivity. It teaches you that on a larger scale, beyond your family. Yes, you we ideally do see everyone else and the world and other nations and the environment as part of our sphere of concern. That's true. But but if till we get there, until our sense of self is balanced, still everybody else gets treated with the respect of being separate and there's rules about that and don't trespass the rules and that's going to keep everybody in a healthy balance. Okay. When, when we have a healthy balance between inclusion and boundaries, being cared for and loved and, and responded to and being given space and time to figure things out on ourselves, when everything we do is not taken personally by somebody else, but at the same time, other people don't abandon us and say, well, fend for yourself. Okay, so we have this proper ba uh, balance. By the way, in, in another form of insecure attachment is too much separation, too much boundaries, too much abandonment. From the time, let's say, a child is young, or perhaps adults operate like this, they're just disconnected, unsympathetic, 
you know, self, self, self-interested, defend for yourself, take care of your own needs. Don't come to me, grow up. I didn't get a free lunch. You don't get a free lunch, whatever. It's not my problem. That child or that person who operates like that feels very disconnected. Their relationships are often very cold or perhaps sometimes they're needy, but also cold. They are unsympathetic to other people and they tend to uh, opt for solitude. They sometimes come off as self-reliant and independent, but it's really detached and disconnected and pretty um, uncaring about what happens to other people. So we have to get it right. To get it right, as we're seeing in this Parsha, then we can get to the next step. Once a person feels secure, I am loved, I am cared about, I am included, people do care about my needs, um, uh, but I'm also given the dignity of being a separate person. Um, I'm allowed to make mistakes without that to being taken personally by somebody else. I'm allowed to go on my own path without having to explain myself to someone else. Okay. Um, then I can start thinking about myself until these things are in, are in balance. It's very hard to do an accurate self-evaluation. Where am I in terms of my spiritual aspirations, my connection to God, because human attachments like Yisro was really the one who sort of was the the main player in establishing these two relationships these two human relationships between man and family man and community until that is balanced okay we're so messed up with our own interpretations of things and our own neediness and our own you know um confusion about who we are and what we that it's very hard to go inside and develop a relationship with Hashem. Very often, I remember Daniel Mechanic um, used to tell me, you know, you know, Daniel, he goes around to all the schools, Robin Mechanic, and he does this whole very fun in presentation. And very often, thousands of kids over the years have come to him and, he, and they would say, Rabbi, I, I, the reason I don't want to keep the Torah and the mitzvahs is I don't understand why we should kill out a malek. And I don't understand why the Torah doesn't say, you know, says this and that. And they have all their questions about the Torah. And Daniel says, okay, I'm going to answer all your questions, but let me ask you one question first. Why are you so angry at your parents? <laughs> okay. Meaning, meaning it's very hard to, uh, I mean, I'm not blaming the parents for everything because sometimes parents, you know, do the best they can. We also have our own you know, attachment, responsibility to balance chesed, and it's called chesed and gavura, or ava and yira, or it's also called here, you know, chesed and mishpat. So we have to figure that also, how to keep those boundaries right in our own lives, in our own relationships. We can't blame everything on someone else. But um, the idea here is, and when that, until that's not stable, derech eretz kadma latora, it's going to be very hard to have a growing, thriving relationship with Hashem. So after these two things are in place, then we have, do you want to be Gai Kadosh, a very unique nation? Yes. Okay. So now go back for three days, separate from everyone, go into yourself, talk to yourself, ask, you know, understand what you're committing to, what you're aspiring to, what this is going to require from you. Get yourself ready, purify yourself from all these, your, your agendas and your, your you know, slave uh, memories, 
think about the, the next step you're about to take. Really, you know, prepare yourself. But until we have a relationship set up right, it's going to be hard. It's going to get in the way. So Balakade explains that this is the order it must all sort itself out. First chesed, the chesed we experience, the overflow has to go beyond the family. It has to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the way, the more Kabbalistic term for someone who's very inclusive and can, takes everybody's concerns, identifies with everyone and overflows and is willing to even is even willing to take upon themselves extra responsibilities for the sake of others. That is that that type of person is referred to as having a neshama klalis, a neshama that includes everybody. Also, those people often play the role of the uh, of the martyr, so to speak, for everybody else. It's true. There's such a concept. They take upon themselves, so to speak, responsibility for everybody, and it's at their often very much at their own, you know, to their own lack of ease and comfort. For example, Moshe said to Yeshua, you got to be patient with everybody. You got to listen to everybody. But the Nevi'im, oh my gosh, they had to share their Nevi'im, their, their prophecies. They did, you know, for the lad, Yeshayahu and Yermiyahu was not pretty. They're, they got a lot of resistance, protest, all sorts of stuff. You, nevertheless, um, they take this role on for the sake of everybody else. So that has to spread. And then Mishpat, the concept of mishpat, which it has to govern the way we operate with everybody else, giving them their rights, not trespassing their rights, not forgetting where we end and they start, <laughs> okay? not imposing all our whims and moods and preferences and expectations on everybody else and getting annoyed when they say no, all right, but giving them their right. In other words, going to the Torah and not, and not saying, right, if there's a dispute, I don't care. I just want to win. No. It's like, I want to do what's right because I, well, if it's their money, I want it to be their money. I, you know, there's a rule. If everybody's doing better, then everybody's doing better. If everybody feels that everybody else cares about them, then everybody else does better too. There's a spirit of caring that the other person's needs are met, which is why it goes a very, very long way to pay an extra couple of dollars to the helpers or the workers because they also have to support their families. And they also want, and if they feel people care about me, they understand my predicament. Believe me, you'll get a lot better work, <laughs> right? And you never lose. And um, and uh, there's a fabulous, fabulous little video I'll put on the chats that uh, somebody sent me. The Mensch from Minnesota or something like that. I have to see. It's one of those stories, a fabulous story. Anyway, caring about the other people so that we do justice to them. We give them their due. Um, that obviously makes us feel, by the way, when we are generous with other people and give them their due and don't try to nickel and dime and, and get everything, you know, and get everything out of them, we feel richer. We feel more, we feel more enriched. We feel more stronger because if there's an, there's more, if we can give everybody a lot, it means we're overflowing a lot. If we can't give anybody else anything, it means we're not really overflowing or hoarding or hoarding. It's yeah, so she, his name is Yitro, the one that excess and, and Yeter, yes, Yeter, Yisro, exactly, exactly. Yes, there means extra Yisro, yeah. 
Yistro, excess. Yes, sir. Very nice. Very nice. All right. And then our personal relationship with Hashem. Now, let's talk about sneers for one second. Of course, there's modesty in clothing. But that's just a reflection of a deeper idea. Okay. Hatsneyalechus means your personal growth in relate in vis-a-vis your relationship to Hashem and that is meant to be private. Okay, you know. Um, um when when we think about modesty, we think about it, we tend to think about it all wrong. We think about it like this. My body has to be covered. Why? So that other people don't get run in, men don't run into problems or whatever. Okay, so we think about sneers as the goal of sneers is to cover up. Okay. However, it's exactly the opposite. When we have an ashama, which is where we do this private work, you know, when that flow, that shefa flow, umbilical cord, so to speak, you know, how are we open our minds to growing and seeing things differently. We have an ashama and we have a body that acts upon our, you know, the way we think, the way it, it's an expression of the way we think. The ikar, obviously, is our soul and how it influences us, the flow. The secondary part is the body, the physical body, number one, and also how that translates into the way we live. The thing is that um, the the value of a person, the part that lives after us, obviously, is the neshama part. And, uh, of course, although the work that goes on is private, we do aspire to relate to people and to have our identity more a function of that private work and what that means about who we are and versus you know versus our bodies our identity is really about the work we're doing in our head that's really most of our identity versus our bodies the problem is that that's all invisible the neshama and all that private work is in is invisible so how do we emphasize that that's really who we are? <laughs> that that's really the, where our value lies. And that's really what explains us. Wait, and what, so the way we want to emphasize, if we emphasize it in practically, if there's one part of your body where perhaps a glimmer of the neshama, that private part, shines through, where would that be? Your face. Panim is like panim. Same word as panim, the inside, the private part. The eyes are the mirror to the soul. Chachmas adam adam ta'ir panav. The wisdom of a person lights up their face. The part of the body which gives a clue, which tells us that the real person is the part of them that's thinking and working and assessing and growing. That's really the closest you're going to get to that is the face. So when we cover our body, it's not because there's a great goal in covering our body. We cover our body as a method, a strategy to bring attention to the face, to the part where there's a cell no kim. We cover, we don't cover our arms, right? Because that's where we build and our legs, because that's where we, from the knee down, because that's where we go and with action, we're driven. But the part of us that is distracting, and it rightfully is meant to be distracting, okay, 
we cover that in order to bring attention to the real individuality, to the real essence of who we are. Now, the distracting part is very important. And in the right time and place, that's also revealed. But in general interaction with humanity, the message is the real me, the, the part that you can't see most of it, but you could see a glimmer of it is what's going on in here and in here. And that's really the definition of a person. That's the value of a person. So when we operate in a community of modest people, it frees us. It liberates us. When we interact with people, we can focus on their truer, more dignified part of them, their tell no kim part of them. We don't get distracted. It is such a breath of fresh air to, to operate in a, in a community of modest men and women because then people can relate to each other on a high level. People can automatically relate to the aspirations and the sensitivities and the spiritual growth of a person because it's going to come out in the way their facial expressions are and their conversation and all of that. It's going to come out a little bit. It's going to be a glimmer of it. Is the body a synonym for um, the, the physical? Yeah, the physical is, you know, is, and it could, it could, it could distract us. It could take the focus away. You know, I remember, never forget when Jonathan Rosenblum, um, you know, he writes in Mishpach, he's a good friend, came to America. You know, he's in Manhattan, he's in various offices. And he says, oh my goodness, when I go back to Harnof and everybody's modest, he says, I feel like I'm out of prison. Like I'm not on, like I, I can breathe. I can talk to people. I can relate to people like a normal person. I could, it's such a, it's so relaxing. It's so comfortable you know, as opposed to always being in a state of tension. So, um, so really it's a great chesed. When we care about other people's needs and actually being modest is really chesed. It's really an act of consideration, taking someone else's needs into, into consideration, not making it more challenging for someone else. Really the reason we're, we're tzniyas it's just it's just a simple human consideration for other people. Anyway, um, so here we have it: the three relationships: Ben Adam la Mishpachto, Ben Adam Lachavera, Ben Adam Liatmo, or Ben Adam Makom. Before we start accepting Torah, we have to get these right. And uh, Ezra Hashem said, so "A life work of constantly developing this, but um, the benefits." The fruits of our labor are endless. Okay, questions? Yes. From a world, you know, when they advertise the yeshiva dinner and the Mr. and Mrs. and there's only a Mr. Oh, yeah, don't get me started. And I'm like, why is there no dignity with Shalom's faith? I have a question. I have a, sh a whole class in it from about a year ago. Don't get me started. Huh? Um, we could turn it off. I'll continue it on the Zoom. Um, one second. Okay. Yes. Thank you. What's this year? This year? Yeah. Oh, I have to find it. It's like a year and a half ago. Yeah, I have to find it. Acceptable in some areas. You know, you have to make a distinction between cultural stuff and true Judaism. This is cultural. It happens to be a marketing decision. It's a marketing decision by these publications because they have a constituency that has decided that women 
should, you know, even I picked up, I go into the Judaica store. I go into the, one second, I'm going to stop the recording guys and I'm going to keep the meeting open. Okay. So just one second. Okay, everyone. See you next week. I'm just stopping the recording.